Once again, tech stocks are powering the S&P to new highs. This is The Markets. Hi, I'm Sam Grobart. Today, I'm joined by David Costin, Chief U.S. Equity Strategist at Goldman Sachs Research. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me here. We don't usually focus on single stocks on this podcast, but it's, I mean, NVIDIA. This week, it's been insane. These last few hours, even as we're recording this, I mean, maybe you can just kind of get us up to speed and your take on what's been happening with the semiconductor manufacturer and its effects across markets. Sure. Well, the S&P 500 Thursday has reached an all-time high of about 50, 70, 5,070. And one of the catalysts for the rally today was, as you indicated, the NVIDIA results that were released last night. Uh, and I have the benefit of my colleague, Toshia Hari, who is our analyst covering the stock and has done the complete analysis of their results for the quarter. And it was a reported revenue that was greater than pretty optimistic view of the street. And I think that's the key message. A lot of questions about the big seven stocks, of which NVIDIA is one of those companies. And the results were spectacular. And very importantly, they've raised the guidance for the upcoming quarter. And so they had more than $22 billion of revenue for this current quarter that was just reported. And they're giving guidance of around $24 billion uh, for the coming quarter. So the idea of this growth extending uh, management in their conference call indicated that things are pretty optimistic looking forward to new chips, new products will be developed. And so this is an indication that the AI revolution is in the early part and continuing uh, to grow. That's pretty optimistic. I got to be a little pessimistic here just to balance it out. I mean, what are some of the risks that you might see? Is, is there a risk of overextension here? I mean, people are definitely going to be buying chips for more AI, but how long does that continue? Well, I think from an investor perspective, we want to think about this in market context and the idea that seven companies currently comprise 30% of the capitalization of the S&P 500. 30% is just seven companies. So that's the most concentrated market we've ever seen, more than 40 years, looking back in history. And so the risk there is that this dominance of these leading companies, uh, not all of which are AI-oriented, but several are, that to the extent their revenue growth was too slow, then the multiple could compress. And as a result, that would be downward pressure on the market. And so my earlier observation is that not just the positive results for the trailing quarter that was just reported, but the guidance going forward was so so optimistic, was, I think, an important validation of the idea that this can continue in terms of a lot of these companies are likely to benefit sort of going forward. And that's uh, the current time why our forecast for the S&P 500 is that we'll end the year at 5,200. 5, so modest upside from the current level. Uh, and that's sort of a continuing positive trend. I want to get to that forecast in a minute, but I do want to ask you another question. It might be a slightly dumb one, but I'm going to go with it. If these magnificent seven companies have such an outsized impact right now on the S&P 500, does it call into question the use or the validity of a 500 stock index? It's an excellent question, one that has been vigorously discussed in the investor communities One of the ways that we think about this is to look at the equal weighted index as well as the cap weighted index. And so for investors, you think about the index of the S&P 500, it's cap weighted, and that multiple is around 20 times. The aggregate index trade around 20 times, which is statistically pretty expensive historically. 
But the equal weighted index trades around 16 times. So if every company was to have a similar weight, that's the equal weighted index, SPW, that's around 16 times, which is, while it's a little elevated, it's not dramatically elevated, and particularly in the context where interest rates are right now. So that's a discussion point. We come to the conclusion that in this context, the fair value, both of those are relatively fair value, meaning the equal weighted index is about where it ought to be trading or where it's kind of established fair value now. And the cap weighted index uh, 20 times is high, but it can be supported given the the revenue growth that's expected for some of these big companies. You were talking earlier about your estimates for the S&P. I, I want to bring us up to speed here. So in December of 23, you raised your year-end 2024 S&P price target from 4,700 to 5,100. And then this week, you raised it again to 5,200. NVIDIA notwithstanding, what else has changed? So what's changed is that in December, late November, in fact, but in December in particular, you saw a pivoting, a view that the Federal Reserve would be starting to cut rates this year. That's the, so the market was trading that. And the idea of rates coming down was a valuation boost to our framework of valuing the overall market. And so as a consequence of that, as you indicated, we did increase our uh, valuation. As a result, therefore, the index target, we raised that, uh, and that was valuation-driven. On this context right now, we most recently lifted the target slightly. It was an earnings-driven decision, or the impetus was uh, more earnings-driven, and not so much a valuation story. And that also was a reflection of not just the fourth quarter results that came in across the market, but which were better than expected, but also the idea that margin expansion is likely to continue to have effect in calendar 2024, and higher margins is basically the story and the driver behind higher earnings. Higher earnings likely to take the market higher, and that's in general trajectory. So that's the way we would think about it and put numbers on it. We were looking for 5% earnings growth for this year. Now we're looking for 8%. What is the macro picture looking like for you right now? What are you seeing in terms of GDP, labor, these other factors driving into that? So the U.S. equity market right now is pricing the idea of the economy growing at greater than a 3% rate. We make that statement based on looking at the performance of cyclical stocks compared with defensive stocks. And that is clearly indicating that the equity investor is pricing in the idea of the economy growing. That is, in fact, consistent with the Goldman Sachs economics team, where they have GDP growth in the United States, on average, growing around a 3%, a little lower than 3%. The consensus expectation is around 1.5%. So Goldman Sachs, a more optimistic, uh, higher growth rate for the overall economy. It's largely a function of the consumer and the idea the consumer is in a strong position is going to continue to spend. The consumer is almost roughly two-thirds of the U.S. economy, so that is an important barometer there. The idea of the Federal Reserve cutting interest rates is another backdrop. Uh, the forward market is pricing somewhere between three and four cuts. Uh, the Goldman Sachs a little bit, perhaps as many as five cuts in their forecast. Uh, and so those are two tailwinds, economic growth and lower rates, that are going to be benefit for equity prices this year. David, it's already been a heck of a week, but I got to ask you, what's on your radar for next week? Uh, next week, we're looking at inflation indicator, PCE, personal consumption expenditure data will come in. One of the key risks and variables that we're looking at, along with many investors, is the trajectory of inflation. To the extent that the inflation continues to fall or come down at a slower pace, then the Fed will give them perhaps more confidence to uh, begin to cut rates. And so that's, uh, I'd say, the variable we're looking at most for next week. We were basically, at the end of this week, we'll have completed all of the companies, more than 90% of the uh, S&P 500 earnings will have been reported. David Costin, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks always. That does it for another episode of The Markets. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to learn even more, please visit gs.com and sign up for briefings 
our weekly newsletter on the global economy. I'm Sam Grobart. Thanks so much for listening. The opinions and views expressed in this program may not necessarily reflect the institutional views of Goldman Sachs or its affiliates. This program should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part or disclosed by any recipient to any other person without the express written consent of Goldman Sachs. Each name of a third-party organization mentioned in this program is the property of the company to which it relates, is used here strictly for informational and identification purposes only, and is not used to imply any ownership or license rights between any such company and Goldman Sachs. The content of this program does not constitute a recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the recipient and is provided for informational purposes only. Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice through this program or to its recipient. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this program and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. Our theme music was composed by Soundboard.